For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Brian Peacock of the Locked On 49ers podcast and the Peacock and Williamson podcast about the 49ers selection in the draft on Thursday night. There was lots of speculation about whether or not it would be Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and the 49ers revealed with the number three pick that they would make their selection of North Dakota State's Trey Lance, and here's how it sounded. With the third pick... In the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. We'll talk about the 49ers press conference earlier this week, as well as their selection of the very young FCS quarterback, Trey Lance, with Brian Peacock, who joins me next. It's Friday, April 30th. It's a pleasure to welcome Brian Peacock to the podcast. You, of course, hear him on the Peacock and Williamson podcast. You can also listen to him on the Locked On 49ers pod. Brian, what's going on, man? Welcome to the pod. And uh, you ready to talk some football, man? Copes, I'm always ready. I'm pumped. I love the NFL draft. It's my favorite thing. This is like Christmas in April. I think April's the best month for sports because Major League Baseball starts, right? You got the NFL draft. I love the lead up to the draft. I love everything about it. In fact, I like April more than December. You know what's funny is right in the middle of the draft, I saw my dad send out a tweet and it said, uh, yeah, great speech by the president. I was like, dude, bold by the president to hold a speech during the NFL draft. I was like, man, I had no idea that was going on. I know the Bears traded up and got Justin Fields, but I'm not really sure what the president had to say. Yeah, That that hits (laughs) my meter. I love that move for the Bears. Like, good on them. I saw one of the best tweets I've seen all year, by the way, right after that happened. uh, Somebody said that Justin Fields is already the second best quarterback in Chicago Bears history only behind the rumors of trading for Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they get Russ Wilson or the idea of Russ Wilson might be better even than just having Justin Fields. That's pretty good. How about the idea of having Trey Lance? Is that something that intrigued you before the Niners made that pick? I love the move. I think 49ers fans were just in relief, first of all, of the entire process that it's finally over. People were exhausted of this whole month-long dance of who's it going to be, but mostly everyone was like, look, I want the upside. You trade up to pick three, you tell me you're going to draft Mac Jones. Nobody was about that, and neither were the 49ers, apparently, and it sounds like nobody else in the NFL was about that either because he's fallen all the way out of the top 10. Just the upside. I love it. You you swing for the fences with this pick. Now, this is a boomer bust player in Trey Lance. There is some accuracy issues that he needs to clean up, but height, weight, speed, dude, 6'4", 226 pounds. Reminds me a lot of Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming, you know, Central California guy. I grew up not far from Josh Allen, but when I watched him as a prospect, I was like, yikes, he's far away. And it took him a few years. It took him until year three. And I think Trey Lance is further along, even though he only played one season of one double-A ball, essentially. I think he's further along than Josh Allen was when he was coming out of college. So I love the upside there, and I think you have to believe, and I think the reason he ended up being the pick for the 49ers over Justin Fields, and now we know that it was actually between Lance and Fields, and, and Mac Jones wasn't really a part of it at all for the 49ers, which is, you know, kind of like how I felt early on in the process until I started gotten beat down by the Mac Jones talk, but it's the neck up. And that's really the deciding factor in all of this. And they believed in the person and everybody you talk to is like, oh, this guy's the smartest guy I've ever been around. He's a hard worker. He's built right. He is, you know, a high character player. So when you marry those two things, the high upside with all of the right things from the neck up and the smarts and the work ethic and the character 
then the sky's the limit and you actually believe that he might be able to reach that immense ceiling. Yeah, it's funny because the draft is not a perfect science. You want to narrow it down to your selection of guys who A, fit your system, and then everything else you're talking about, right? The intangibles, the guys who can be grounded, the guys who can be a leader, who aren't going to be a problem off the field, who are going to put in the work and be dedicated to being a franchise guy, especially if you're taking somebody number three overall after two other quarterbacks. And it's rare to find a draft where you're going to get this many guys at that position drafted in the first round who end up all being stars. So I guess the question here is, and, and you've seen the tape on, on Trey Lance, you've been following this and watching this guy. You're talking about how high the ceiling is. How low is the floor for Trey Lance? Is this something that, that can be a problem? I mean, everybody's got the bust potential, but the inexperience is certainly something that I think fans could be concerned about or maybe should be concerned about. They said it's the fewest passing attempts for a quarterback drafted in the first round in 40 years, just over 300 attempts. He made 17 starts for an FCS school. How much concern is there about the floor for Lance? There should be a big concern. We just never seen it, right? There's zero players that I can think of ever that were drafted at 20 years old that played one year at one double-A ball and that were drafted anywhere near the first round, let alone you traded three first-round picks to go up to number three to draft the guys. So it's a risk. It's an absolutely huge risk. And as we know, the NFL draft turns out to be pretty much a coin flip in most cases, even in the first round. So this is a huge risk by the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan betting on himself, betting on his coaching staff, and betting on their ability to coach this guy up. And it might not be right away, but they believe he can be the player that leads them into the next decade and beyond. And he's still only going to be, what, 24 years old when his rookie contract is up, which is crazy. And if you guys want to feel old, he's the first player ever drafted in the NFL that was born in the 2000s. So, I mean, <laughs> he can't even celebrate with the beer, right? He, I mean, he can't go out and buy a beer to celebrate being drafted. That's how young this guy is. Yeah, my guess is somebody will hand him a beer. My, my guess is he won't have a problem getting a beer. My guess is he's the type of guy that wouldn't want one. Like, you know, I, I feel like he's just drinking sparkling water right now, maybe pouring that all over his head because like, he's he's that the, the highest of high characters. And I think that's super important in all this for the 49ers, and that's something they've really been looking after after they got burned, I think, in, in year one. But this is still, to your point, it's a massive massive move to go up to number three and draft any of these guys and draft a guy who played one year of one double a ball and is only 20 years old and we saw it with alex smith right he came in as a, a redshirt sophomore out of the university of utah he was raw as rain he was like a little baby man right he was so young see those pictures of alex smith he was a 20 year old kid coming out of college and he had a couple of years of experience one year of experience at that level and being so young there's not a good track record for those types of players and there's actually just not a track record at all for that because that just doesn't happen in the nfl so 318 pass attempts he's got to get his feet wet at some point and to me look the one game he played because of covid in 2020 was sort of a glorified scrimmage. So I wouldn't, I don't know if I even count that as a real college football game where they went through the entire season and, and, and you know, like a, like a normal game and he didn't look great in that game anyway. So you would be talking about if you sat him for his entire rookie year and a lot of people say, oh, look, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, you bring in Trey Lance or whatever team drafts Trey Lance, he sits for a year, he comes and plays the next year. If he doesn't play a game until September of 2022, that'll be over two and a half years since December of 2019 when he finished that one full season of football. That's just too long. I think he needs to see the field in 2021. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
my next question to you then is, you know, we've been we've been building up since this press conference. Well, we started building once they made the trade, but then this press conference last week happens where John and Kyle were, I don't know, before we started recording here, you called it like a method acting performance from Kyle Shanahan, which in hindsight now is either like brilliant, hilarious, evil genius. I don't know what it is. It just sort of depends on on how Trey Lance plays out, but they played these cards close to the vest. I don't know that they were wanting to enhance the Mac Jones rumors if they wanted to fan these flames and make it appear as though he was their guy. Did they go out to Alabama and watch a second pro day just for the hell of it? I mean, I know they're doing their due diligence, but what do you make of this whole situation where we joke about smoke screens? This wasn't a smoke screen. This was like a, a total misdirection. It was like Shanahan ran an, an interpersonal Shanahan style offense play, right? So what was this all about, man? Just to, just to get to their guy. Yeah, I think the Mac thing was pretty clear as smoke screen, or at least they just wanted to finish the evaluation there. If they're moving up to number three, they wanted to be sure that he wasn't the guy. And I think that evaluation probably ended at some point in that pro day. And when you watch that pro day for Mac Jones, it wasn't great either. He was missing people all over the place and he didn't have, you know, the big height weights. He wasn't the type of player that was going to look good in shorts anyway and blow people away at a pro day. But it's interesting looking at the timeline now and knowing who the players were that they were looking at in Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And they skipped Trey Lance's first pro day and traded up right after that. And they realized, look, it's such an incomplete evaluation for this player. We've got to see him, but we can't like sneak around and not watch his pro day. So we've got to make a trade right now and just go to all these pro days and finish the evaluation on Trey Lance so we can be confident in selecting him. So I think that was a big part of it. And then having John Beck work with both players with Trey Lance and, you know, seeing them sort of on an even playing field and almost having essentially a private workout with them at the pro days, even though other teams were there. So I think that was a big part of the process, but you're right. I got to give it to Kyle Shanahan because I was not at all a believer in the Mac Jones rumors. He's like, nope, does not add up. Can't be the case. Cannot be the case that they would finish this process and Mac Jones would be the, the answer for them in the end. And then that Monday press conference before the draft came, and Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if he was method acting, if he stayed up four days on purpose so he could really <laughs> be extra, seem extra irritated. But, you know, the Mac Jones question came, and uh, he just seemed, like, very combative almost. And it was almost like they were already starting the campaign and being ready for us to, you know, be, basically being ready for defending the pick to the media and to 49ers fans. And so I got to give credit because I didn't believe any of it until then. And then I finally caved and was like, I, I guess it's Mac Jones. I mean, because that's what it seems like. My very final prediction, though, before the draft happened, as Jackson was going on the clock, was like, look, if it's not going to be Justin Fields, Mac Jones can't be the final answer. So it's got to be, if it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, as everyone was reporting, there's got to be Trey Lance. And I can definitely see why they would fall in love with someone like Trey Lance because he is the entire package. He's a moldable ball of clay, but he's got to get some playing time. And that's going to be the huge key is how long it takes him and when they can give him that playing time. Because if you're in a playoff run, you can't all of a sudden say, oh, sorry, Jimmy, we're going to bench you for this guy who hasn't played in two years, and last time he played was at the D2 level. And you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to end it here. Is the thought now the same thought process that many people had leading up to the draft that if you draft Trey Lance, you need him to sit behind a, a bridge quarterback for a year and you don't put a rookie into a team that maybe is ready to go compete for another Super Bowl? If it was going to be Matt Jones, people kind of thought, oh, well, maybe you slot him in immediately. He might not be all that much different than Jimmy. The thought now is Jimmy's here, right? He's, he's here for the at least this season and then you go from there. I think that's the way you have to play it. It just makes too much sense that you pair Jimmy Garoppolo with Trey Lance. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be a pretty good soldier if he's around and, and he's going to be the starter. And it, you think you're going to win now. They have a roster to win now. So they expect to win. 
And if they don't, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, then it might be Trey Lance's chance to get in there. But at this point, and I think the 49ers were pretty, they were honest about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because I think they do like him enough. And I think they probably told him behind the scenes, like, look, it might get hairy and we'll listen to offers. If someone gives us a first round pick, we have to take it. And I would totally understand that because that's just the value that you have to take. And they just traded three first round picks. If someone gives them a 2022 first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, you drive him to the airport. You just have to do that, right? And then figure out if Nate <laughs> yeah. Sudfeld or Josh Rosen is the one that starts early in the season for you, or you just throw the, the rookie out there. But I think they want to win. They want to win now. And it won't get hairy until it looks like the rookie's ready to play and they're also winning games. And then it could get a little bit funky there. And who knows, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo could maybe rehab his image as far as the league goes, play really well, be healthy, and then maybe even have more trade value at the deadline in October or next offseason because he's still under contract for next year. Maybe they can still get as much for him next year this time than they could right now. He's looking to uh, to put on a show for the league. He's got a lot to prove uh, to the faithful as well. So, hey, Brian, thanks for coming by, man. I appreciate you stopping by the podcast. We'll catch up with you again down the road when we get closer to the season. Always a pleasure. Love chatting with you, man. Great stuff from Brian Peacock. Make sure you check him out on the Locked On 49er podcast as well as the Peacock and Williamson podcast. You can also see him regularly on ABC 10 up in Sacramento. Thank you to Brian, thank you to Brian, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. We love bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. The 49er conversation will not end. We'll continue with that a little bit next week. I'll be off Monday. Steve Berman sitting in for me on the update. Everybody enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Steve Berman back with you on Monday.